Hello, and welcome to RegTech Roundup, the Canadian Regulatory Technology Association podcast. My name is Donna Bales, and I'm the host of our ESG series. For those of you who do not know the Canadian RegTech Association, we're a not-for-profit focused on solving regulatory challenges through collaborative efforts between key RegTech stakeholders, regulatory entities, technology service providers, and regulatory bodies. I'm joined today by Jerry Murtaugh, co-founder of RegTIC. RegTIC is a Belfast-based company and a member of the CRTA. RegTIC is a visually intuitive cloud-based program management platform, which simplifies the management of complex regulatory and strategic transformation programs, enabling firms to reduce compliance risks, project cost, and uncertainty. Today, we are discussing best practices in setting up an ESG program, digging into all the foundational elements of a successful program. Of course, we discuss data, but we go beyond and speak about the operating model and GRC framework needed to support a successful program. Jerry shares two tactics, empathy mapping to help shape culture change and an ESG health check to help assess progress to ESG goals. Welcome, Jerry. Hi Donna, thanks for the opportunity to uh, to come today. It's great to have you. Let's get into the questions right away. Uh, ESG is an initiative that can impact many areas of business and have a significant effect on bottom line and internal and external stakeholders. I think for that reason, many organizations are overwhelmed when they begin their ESG program. Do you agree? And how do you think an organization should start an ESG program? That's a great question. And yeah, I think um, through my career, I've often seen this where there's large scale, complex programs of change where maybe sometimes the, the outcomes aren't always clear. It's difficult for an organization like a large financial services uh, enterprise to take those first formative steps. Um, and I think for me, it's important to take the time at the start to set out your vision be authentic around what your ESG uh, vision and purpose is for your organization. There's a really good um, uh, TED talk by Simon Sinek. And for those who are listening to, to this podcast, if you haven't um, watched it already, authority uh, recommend that you do. But his idea is that you start with why. So in terms of the, the center circle, it's about why. What's your purpose? And Essentially, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I think by having a clear and well-articulated uh, vision, that's the probably the most important first step that, that you can take. Once you have that, there's different uh, management techniques and, and um, uh, approaches that we can use to start to break that vision into the next steps. So there's one that we use um, throughout uh, our, our various clients. And it's, it's called VMOST, which stands for Vision, Mission, Objective, Strategy and Tasks. So again, if you think about a, at the center of the circle, you've got your vision. So that's your compass. That's what's going to allow you to empower and delegate to people within your organization around your ESG journey. But it's also going to be able to help um, in terms of decisions, strategic decisions that need to be taken in the future, because this isn't a you know a one or two month program. This is something that um, will be part of your organization for the next 10 to 20 years at least. The next yeah. area to think about is 
how do you take that vision and start to bring it down into the next step? So um, again, just thinking about the the, the missions and, and investment themes that form part of that vision, start to think about what are your waypoints, so your objectives, think about um, make those kind of specific and uh, measurable targets that, that you can aim for as part of your ESG journey and then start to elaborate from there. But for me, it's about um, being authentic in terms of your, your your vision for your for your ESG program. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like the, the tone from the top and having that, um, I like how you phrase that, that compass that the whole organization um, understands um, and, and is bought into. I think that is a really foundational to a program um, but, you know, all organizations, you know, have different operating models. Um, and so how do you see that? Like, how do you see different operating models uh, in, impact ESG uh, programs and how do organizations adapt? Yeah, and to your point, every operating model for every organization will will have its own nuances, you know, be it um the markets that they're in, the products that they trade, the customer segments that they have. Um, and I think for me, it's important to think about a, a couple of core elements within that, that operating model. So thinking about the ESG journey, uh, look across your organization and think about your people. So um, the skills that they have, the skills that they're going to have to have in, in the future, the knowledge that exists within those teams, any experiences that they have, and think about maybe the gaps that 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 are there. So, you know, what training will will be required for your existing resources, but also um, for hiring and, and attracting uh, more resources or new resources into your organization. How are you going to position um, your uh, company? Because there will be a competition for for um, for these uh, uh, skill sets. Mm-hmm. So, how do you position your organization uh, to be attractive to those to that hiring talent? Um, I think other areas within an operating model, apart from people, are thinking about your processes. So what are the key areas that are going to be impacted? Again, think about your procurement team um, and the impact on your supply chain. So supply chain management, third party risk management, I think that's going to become really important. Um, But also think about the outputs and the outcomes. So if the outcome is new reports that need need to be submitted, then almost like a, a right to left planning. Think of what needs to be contributed into those reports and what you need to make sure in terms of their completeness, their accuracy uh, to the various uh, stakeholders that, that they'll need to be uh, presented to. Um, so I think yeah, those are kind of the key key areas. Obviously around the technology, there's going to be a significant change. Um, maybe think about you know, over the years, can you use ESG as a catalyst to move away from maybe some of the legacy technology that you have within the organization uh, to a more maybe um, away from some of the legacy siloed systems that we have more towards cloud-based architecture because there's going to be new technologies that we'll need to embrace uh, in order to pull all the data together um, and just the volume of of information that'll need to be processed so is there an opportunity now to think about um, the technology aspect of your operating model? I think also um, think about your governance. So how um, clear are your roles and responsibilities, the decision-making processes that you need to set up, risk management frameworks, et cetera. 
and also then your communications, both internally and externally, um, across your internal teams, but also to your customers. And probably the most important one of all is data. So what um, changes need to be done in order to improve the completeness and accuracy and the timeliness of, of your data? Um, does that require new governance uh, standards around around that robust data management framework? So will there be new rules that you'll require around that data ownership and data stewardship? So I think ESG is going to be one of these programs that um, provides an opportunity for us to look at our entire operating model and look at ways of being able to drive uh, and use it as a catalyst for, for improvement uh, for future regulatory programs. Yeah, it like it, it just like hearing you, like it just emphasized like the cross-functional effort that is needed for an ESG program. Um, you know, we see we read a lot about the data challenge and because it's enormous and complex, but you've touched on so many other really important areas. Like if people, if the people and skill sets not there, you're not going to have a successful program. And I and I was interested to hear you mention the procurement process because you know, in when I'm speaking to members as a, a research lead at Infotech. Because um, I speak to CT, uh, CIOs primarily, um, this is the area there. I'm getting a lot of questions on because um, the supply chain. We know that the carbon emissions um, are mainly, you know, 80 percent in the supply chain. So they're looking at this, um, this the enormity of this, uh, the effort. So um, I really like how you sum this up, and this really resonates as a large transformation program. Um, and, you know, both of us being in financial services for most of our careers, um, we've been there before, um, you know, with different types of uh, programs. And I certainly think of derivative reporting as one. Um, uh, what, what's your thoughts on, uh, are there any lessons and learn from other uh, transformation programs that we can bring to ESG? Yeah, I think, you know, looking back and and, and I've been, Fortunate to work with many clients across the financial services sector, across many areas and, and geographies. And for me, there's maybe some um, important building blocks or foundations that that you need to think about um, before you embark on that journey. Um, I worked with a, a client who was embarking on a large um, client ecosystem program. So they were looking at the ways of being able to leverage new technology to um, improve their service to their clients. So things like being able to uh, incorporate artificial intelligence, machine learning, speech recognition, collaboration, uh, robotic process automation, et cetera. And one of the things that we realized before we embarked on that digital journey was to make sure that we got the data right. Um, because once you have the the, the data correct and a, and a proper uh, governance structure around that, then you've got a firm foundation on which to build your digital um, ambitions. And I think, you know, other um, kind of foundational blocks are around um, setting up your program for success. So understanding where are you uh, as a uh, in terms of your current state, your, your as is, where do you need to be? Um, and how do you start to create that sense of urgency and buy-in around that strategic vision? Um, 
there's uh, uh, John Cotter, uh, who's the professor of leadership at the um, Harvard Business School. Um, he's had the opportunity of working with with many uh, organizations in terms of large scale uh, transformational programs. And there's a few um, lessons that that he's uh, identified, which I think resonate with me. So around being able to create that sense of urgency. So you've got that purpose and movement. I think it's also important to to build um, a, a core team around that that vision. So you know, people who can permeate across the organisation in order to drive it forward, people who uh, can represent you know the various functions and teams that are involved uh, to create that 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 momentum and, and ensure that momentum goes forward. Um, I think it's also important to realise that you can't do this on your own if you're in a position of leadership. So it's about how do you empower people um, and enable them to act to you know remove any blockers or, or um, issues, um, but also kind of giving them the, the opportunity to uh, promote their and develop their in, internal uh, brand, so to speak, around the ESG objectives. So turning them into leader leaders. Uh, and been able to um, take the, the the overarching vision forward. Yeah, um, I totally agree. The the cross functional tactical team is so important in in creating that um, culture and vision within the organization. So we've spent a lot of time talking about you know setting your organization up for success. So we've talked about internal stakeholders, but what about external stakeholders? Um, you know because part about ESG is, 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 you know, are you doing the right thing um, uh, for, you know, for, for your stakeholders, for society as a whole? Um, so tell me a little bit about um, how you, who you think are key stakeholders. Um, I, I believe you've got a way to, to look at um, um, and analyze your key stakeholders. Sure. Yeah. So, for us, um, there's a number of uh, ways that we approach this. There's kind of two ones. One is around persona mapping, and, and persona mapping is a is a tool uh, which is used in um, agile methodology. So many firms are moving from a, a legacy kind of waterfall uh, approach to um, to change towards this uh, uh, idea of of being much more agile in terms of their uh, implementation. And a key um, technique to use within that that transformation is around persona mapping. So it's really trying to get inside the head of, of your key stakeholder and be they an internal or an external um, stakeholder. So I think, you know, it, it's about taking the time to, to step back, think about who they are, what is it that they do? What's the value that they add? Uh, with If it's an internal stakeholder, what's the value that they add to the to the organisation? So therefore, what's their 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 needs and their goals and expectations? Um, from the the program of change that you're about to set up for for ESG, um, think also about the environment in which they work. So, what pressures are they under? What what's the current frustrations that that they are uh, facing within their um, within their role? Um, what's uh, you know, what are they accountable for? Um, and what would help them in terms of being able to to reach those uh, and adhere to those those goals? So, if, if you think about the senior manager certification regime here in, in in the UK, and the pressure that um, you know senior managers are under to make sure they can evidence uh, they've taken all reasonable steps to have control over the functions for which they're responsible. 
then what information would they, putting yourself in, in their shoes, what information would they need in order to affect or and evidence good good governance? How often do they need that information? But also, who are their stakeholders? So, you know, if their stakeholders are external regulators, being able to present the, your information to them in a way that then allows them to to be empathetic to to their stakeholders, I think is important as well. So, um, I think yeah, understand both in terms of from a functional perspective around their their, their persona and their role, but also maybe more of a, an emotional and uh, you know feelings kind of kind of way. I think once you start to really get into the uh, wear their shoes, so to speak, then you can understand the the challenges that they have and therefore how to design um, solutions around around their specific needs. Yeah, I think that this is particularly important under the S of ESG because um, I think of S as being so much perception based um, versus. Um, you know, you know, with climate, it's very clear, you know, it's, uh, um, you can see it, it's visible, like the change, right? Whereas um, a lot of the S um, factors um, are, are, are less, are, are more ambiguous. And, um, and so having that sense of um, how um, internal or external um, stakeholders may perceive um, a, a, a approach to a program, I think is really important. I really like this. I think it's very, um, it's, it's very thought provoking and, and forward looking because, um, you, you know, ESG, like it's, it's so evolving and there's so many different factors that can uh, impact um, an organization's um, corporate performance or reputation or financial impact if it goes wrong. And so really thinking from a lot of different lenses um, and really understanding your stakeholders um, and constantly evaluating your stakeholders, I see as really important to a successful ESG program. Yeah. And I like your point about, especially in the S and the ESG, where some sometimes it's not, not always easy to define clear metrics and, and goals and success criteria. And and that's really important to be able to do that because by having early successes, um, so by able to say, look, by you know a certain date, we will be able to maybe improve our um, our diversity, equity, inclusion metrics to, to a certain uh, percentage. Being able to prove um, that you're meeting um, early objectives, it creates a sense of um, progress. And that allows you to be able to evidence and say, look, you know, come on this journey with, with us. We are serious about, you know, our our uh, objectives and and our, our vision around driving towards our, our ES and, and G goals. So I think to your point, it's really important to take the time to understand what those milestones or or, or waypoints can be, and uh, make sure you um, secure some uh, short term wins along that along that journey. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just as a short term wins, uh, wins is a great segue to the next question, because when when we're developing uh, data disclosure and, and metrics, um, when I'm speaking to members, I often um, find that they're considering like, oh, ESG pro- program, it's like brand new. But the reality is that most organizations are already doing the right thing and doing a lot of 
uh, work in in the ESG factors, um, and I and they should really spend the time up front and assess and benchmark what they have uh, in current state. Um, I believe um, at RegTech you have a similar approach called the health check. Can you explain what that is? Sure. Um, so the health check, I guess, is our way of kind of going back to to um, the earlier question around um, having that core vision. Um, our health check is our way of being able to assess an organization's maturity around its vision, mission, objective, strategy, and tasks. And, and essentially, we've got a, a pre-set um, project structure for E, S, and G, which aligns to those um, vision, mission, objective, strategy, tasks, um, uh, metrics. So what we do is we uh, work with our clients to um, understand where they are against each of those kind of key um, assessment or assessment areas. And at the end of that health check process, it's all done digitally, it's done in, in real time, and we do it within the platform. So at the end of that health check process, you get a really simple and visual way of being able to identify, okay, you know, where am I um, on track? Um, but also what's the key areas that we hadn't really thought about that actually we need to now start to consider um, as we embark on, on our ESG journey or maybe where we're um, already in flight within our ESG journey, but maybe there's some key areas that um, we've maybe not spent the, the same amount of focus on. So health check is essentially a way of enabling a firm to take that step back, understand where it is in terms of its overarching vision and its goals around, around its ESG, identify any gaps towards um, that, that need to be addressed in the short term, but also um, ensure that there's the appropriate buy-in for the longer term. So where there's the need for significant investment, significant technology changes, et cetera, that you know, can't be done overnight, but will require significant buy-in from um, sponsorship um, and investment. Our health check allows a firm to be able to identify those, those key areas um, for the future years ahead. Yeah, so it, would you say that it's more um, program-based, um, more macro um, versus um, a materiality assessment? I, I would, yeah. Um, so I think it's more about that program readiness, that change readiness, um, especially around, around the health check piece. And um, so again, within the platform, we do have assessments around you know, CDP and TCFD, et cetera, which are more specific to, to specific um, regulations. But we find that by having a, a, a broader approach, um, allows you to uh, consider um, all the all the kind of the key themes that sit across each of those uh, specific regulatory um, objectives. So, yeah, we would say it's much more of a of a program project based approach. Um, yeah. Rather, I think think about it from the from the center right as opposed to the bottom up, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, like and a, and a very good complement to the materiality assessment, where where because um, this a program can go very wrong very quickly if like if you don't have the people, processes, and technology as you mentioned um, in place. Um, yet the materiality assessment kind of gets very specific more on those ESG factors that could have. Um, a significant impact. So it's kind of, it seems to me that they they are very overlapping um, and both very essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess 
know, to summarize in terms of the our health check assessment, it's looking at an organization and, and answering the question, look, where are we? Where do we need to be? Uh, by when? And, and importantly, why? So what's our purpose? How do we get there uh, in, from our current state to our target state? Um, how do we start in that journey? Uh, take those first formative steps. But also, how do we make sure we stay on track? Um, and so do we have the right governance in place uh, in order to, uh, and the right measurements in place in order to, to make sure that we uh, can deliver on those goals that we've committed to ourselves uh, around ESG uh, in, internally in the firm, but also to our external stakeholders, our shareholders, et cetera, as well. So Jerry, to close out today's session, if you had to give one piece of advice to our listeners about their approach to the ESG program, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, so I think for me, um, again, just looking back over many complex um, financial services, regulatory programs of change that I've been lucky to, to, to be part of or to lead, um, I think, that, and especially the longer term ones, I think the key thing for me around success that I saw was around encouragement. So this is going to be a long journey uh, in terms of meeting our ESG goals. As we, as a, you know, within our roles within an organization, um, there will be people who will join our, our teams. There will be people who will move on to, to other organizations. And I think it's important to keep that encouragement and motivation um, throughout that program. We've got one chance to, to, to save the planet, so to speak. So if anybody needs a, a stronger encouraging statement than, than that, I think um, it's it's a hard one to beat. But it's it's important to um, to take that time um, to set that tone from the top, as, as you mentioned, uh, in terms of uh, uh, encouraging your, your, your people to take um, steps forward um, to uh, delegate and empower them um, around that vision. So again, you'll not be able to do it on your own. You need to be able to create an environment where uh, you encourage people to, to take those steps with you. Um, and I think to me, a, a key area of a way of encouraging that momentum is again, just taking a step back, thinking big and thinking positive uh, around what we can uh, what we can achieve. Um, but starting small, I think learning early um, rather than uh, you know, think we're not we don't know all the answers yet. So uh, encourage people to, to try things in a safe uh, way in terms of new technologies or new processes in order to meet their ESG goals, but also encourage them to, to scale, to scale quickly. So if we see that um, themes are, are, are working uh, and driving our ESG goals forward quickly, then in, encourage um, the wider organization to follow th those successes. Um, so yeah, I think the key thing for me is encouragement. These are great insights, Jerry. Um, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your, your views and visions with our listeners today. Thank you listeners for tuning in to RegTech Roundup and we'll see you on the next podcast. For our listeners, RegTech is offering a free ESG health check to give you an independent assessment of your ESG progress. At the end of the health check, you will get a free digital report on your environmental, social, and governance objectives. 
highlighting any key areas to address in the short term, as well as long-term strategies that will form part of your ESG program.